the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial free programming. This is Shannon Hatch, and you are listening to The Green Room with Sean Green. Step out of that shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh. The Green Room is brought to you today by LegalZoom. Log on to LegalZoom.com and enter green at checkout for the special Green Room discount. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of the Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LATalkRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in to this special St. Patrick's Day edition of the Green Room. I'd like to welcome on the voice of the Green Room, my left-hand man, Logan Leprechaun Lystico. Logan, thanks for being on the show. Well, how do you do there? Top of the morning. <laughs> right before we started the show, Logan's <laughs> like, dang it, I didn't think of an intro. <laughs> I still didn't come up with it on time. I said, how do you do before I said top of the morning. <laughs> I love the panic that sets in when I'm just greeting you. You don't have to top yourself, Logan. The, yes, I do. The the whole beauty of the opening intro, the opening volley between Logan and I, is that Logan panics and comes up with either a character, a different language, whatever it is. It's always it's always something with Logan. So how you doing, Logan? You having a great St. Patrick's Day so far? Yeah, yeah, it's been a crazy week. It has been a crazy week, Logan. It has been a very crazy week. I of course. Last week, we uh, broadcasted live from the Sam Adams Brew Pub in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And the reason I was back there, I was headlining a stand-up show the um, on Saturday night at Connie's Rick Rack. It was a great time. Sold it out. Had about, I think, uh, 93 people there. So it was pretty rowdy. Yeah. No. Oh, man. The crowd was annihilated. People, <laughs> my buddies from high school were tailgating the place. I don't You can't really tailgate a comedy show. They were just basically pre-gaming <laughs> at one of my buddies' apartments at uh-huh. 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I felt, I felt bad for the opening acts. They're, they're funny guys. But you can also tell that it's just this entire totally drunk audience that's there to see me. Right. And they're... You know, the uh, MCs up there. Were there a lot of green room T-shirts over there? Oh, there was a lot of gave out a lot of green room T-shirts, <laughs> and it was just great seeing all these uh, all these uh, girls, guys from high school that I haven't seen in a while. It nice. was an interesting mix because it was this, you know, pocket of late twenties guys like myself and everyone I went to high school with, their friends, people that you know, young Philly people looking for a night out in the town. Did you hook up with the prom queen? <laughs> no, I, no, I didn't hook up with the prom queen. <laughs> didn't hook up with anyone. I just uh, passed out drunk on my buddy's couch. Well, but, there you go. Hey, everyone was coming up to me. I, I literally walked off stage, just kept getting handed shots and beers, because a lot of people, they'd never seen me do stand-up. So they assume, like, oh, he, I haven't, uh, he's not a household name. He must be insanely awful at stand-up comedy. Right. Like, <laughs> there must be a reason. But then I went there, and I, I, not to toot my own horn, the show went really well. And it felt great impressing a lot of people, especially girls that maybe turned the other way in high school. Now they're all of a sudden saying, oh, Sean, hey. Right. It's a shame on, <laughs> it's a shame on marriage, Sean. I mean, they didn't say that, but their eyes said it, Logan. You know, you know how that is. They but, tried to hook up with you, but then you ended up passing out drunk. <laughs> no, no, no one was really trying to hook up with me, but <laughs> it, was a, it was a good time overall. And it was also, it was also very funny – the mix of people, like there was this whole contingency of people we went to high school with, friends from college, you know, that group. And then it was also uh, tons of my family members, my aunts, my uncles, <laughs> oh, wow. my brother, my sister. It's got to be unnerving. Yeah, well, it was, I, I, don't know, I thought I'd be more nervous, especially because every family member that came out, we had like a huge dinner beforehand, like 20 people, and everyone just came up and they're like, oh man, excited for the show? Bet you're really nervous, huh? Don't blow this one. Yeah, that'd be really embarrassing. You'll never hear the end of it if you blow this. <laughs> Did you say anything like crass or something that you would normally never say in front of those relatives? <laughs> Yeah, I guess you, so. Well, because when you're doing a stand-up show and you're you're out there in front of these anim- these drunken animals that are just <laughs> right. screaming your yeah. name, you got to use some coarse language to, you know, to kind of wrangle the crowd. So yeah, there's probably some words that my aunt Nan hasn't ever heard me use before. So maybe that was a unique experience for. Her, but I, everyone seemed to have a really good time. 
And yeah, my aunt, uh, you know, there were stories about how drunk she got. So they, they, <laughs> it wasn't just my friends that were uh, were getting wasted at the show. But uh, yeah, it was a great time. It, yeah, and it got to the point where I was just I was just sitting there doing stand up, then people would just yell Sean Green. <laughs> they thought like, hey, he's on stage, and uh, great time. Thank you everyone who uh, came out to the show. Man, the, the good news just keeps on rolling, Logan. Not only are um are are uh, DVDs of the Comedy Garage documentary just flying off the shelves at the ComedyGarageMovie.com, but also I know you're up on your hip hop, Logan. And oh, yeah. as it turns out, our buddy Wax, he's been on the show, close personal friend, not yep. to brag. No, he's <laughs> he's a great guy. He's been on the show. I've been a fan of his music for a long time. And this guy is... This is a clip of you guys together in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He Wax actually does a lot of the uh, background music to the Comedy Garage documentary. But Wax just put out a mixtape. And one of the songs he put in, I'm actually in the music video. Like the music video they just put out... Dispensary Girl is the name of the song, and take a listen. I think you'll enjoy. So there you go. That's Wax with Dispensary Girl. Just give it a little samples. Hey, I want you to – we'll wrap the show up with the rest of the song there. But I want you guys to go to Wax.com, download that mixtape, do yourself a favor. And that's Wax, W-A-X-D-O-T-C-O-M.com. Yep, that's how you spell it. you got to spell it the entire thing. And it was funny watching the video because I remember what I had to do to film the video. I was this – it was a big process. First off, the first day that we had scheduled – They canceled. Well, they not not really, fun. not really. The first day we were scheduled to shoot, it's an outdoor shoot. Not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna totally. All right, I'll, I'll explain my part. I play a part. <laughs> I, I play I a part. Yeah, I, I couldn't really alert. hold out. Now, people are gonna check it out regardless. So I play a park ranger, and it was an outside camping scene, and I'm the kind of park ranger that stumbles up and like, hey, what's going on here? But wait, I'm the park ranger that wants a party. I brought beers. So that's kind of the premise of my part. So it's an outside shoot. And it's also on a Sunday. This is the only day Wax can do it. It's a Sunday. And it's also the Sunday where the Eagles are playing the Giants. And I'm watching the game, and it's just like, ugh, the Eagles are getting destroyed. They're losing the game. Nothing's going right. They're down 21 points. Wax is like, hey, we got to go to this thing. Come on. We got to go. We got to go. Finally, when they're up 21 points, I go, all right, that's it. Screw it. I'm leaving. I'm going to shoot the video. I'm turning off the radio. I don't even care how the game ends. There's no way they could win. And then as we're driving out to the video shoot, I'm getting texts on my phone. This is before I had a web phone. So I'm just getting texts. Oh, my God, are you watching this? This is the craziest day of my life. My dad, <laughs> oh, call, no. my dad calls me on the phone just going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? Oh, oh my God, this is the greatest Eagles so comeback funny. of all time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm desperately – we're in the Inland Empire. I'm, like, desperately trying to find a radio station. Of course, none of the radio stations have the game. Oh, man. <laughs> and then I'm trying, I'm trying not to, you know, be a total sad sack. Wax is like, hey man, I'm really sorry. I feel bad you missed the game. I'm like, no, it's, it's cool, man. It's cool. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to be a professional. Hey, I'm just telling myself, Sean, hold it together. You can watch the highlights, but come on. There, there's nothing like witnessing that game live. And plus, our, our good friend. Former roommate Ryan, who's a diehard Giants fan, I would have enjoyed it so much more if I could have been there to, to you know, celebrate right in front of him and to, right. to mock him yeah. right then. I missed all of that to go and shoot this video. We get there, torrential downpour, torrential right. downpour for six hours. <laughs> I was gonna say, didn't it get rained out the first? Yes, time we sat out there for like five hours, and I'm just like. Look. All right, let's just shoot the video. Uh, we can't really shoot this. It's good. It's pouring down rain. It's a campfire. I'm, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking of like ideas of how we can just incorporate the torrential downpour. I'm like, guys, who cares? Let's just set up a camera under this patio. They're just, there, they go. Uh, we're not really gonna do that. 
But I stuck with it, Logan. This is a great lesson to all you people out there. I stuck with it. I could have just quit and said, hey, Wax, I got to go home. Or, hey, Wax, I want to watch the end of this game. But I didn't. I sucked it up. <laughs> I sucked it up. I drove out there. Then I came back. Then it, it never happened. Then it was like, oh, when are we going to reschedule? It was over Christmas. I'm like, oh, man. I'm worried maybe Wax. I mean, he's a great guy, but then maybe maybe it's an equipment thing. And then maybe they can only shoot on this one day. And I was out of town. So I'm just like, ah. I, I, you know, yeah. all I'm playing is a guy with a mustache. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, but it's such a yeah, it's little simple things like that can be such a big deal sometimes. It's so right. Weird. Well, I I could have been replaced. So in my head, I mean, it premiered on Entertainment Weekly, basically. Right, com, and so. that's what that was. What I was getting at. So I I got out there, filmed the video. Looks great. I look kind of creepy. I think I think that's what they were going <laughs> for. I don't know. People are like, oh, well, you think you're a creepy. <laughs> Well, that's what I was. That's some of the feedback I was getting. Was, oh my God, you were hilariously creepy in that. Uh, oh, that's not really what I was going for, but all right. I guess you know my mustache wasn't totally full. I had to audition for something else earlier in the week, so I had to shave my mustache. But <laughs> a couple, a couple people it. did go to a, a couple people did go to wax. Oh my God, you got David Arquette in that video. Yeah. <laughs> which sounds kind of crazy, but then you see it on Entertainment Weekly. You, you realize that wax is being backed by Def Jam now. And you're like, oh, hey, that that's a possibility, especially if you know some of the celebrity friends that Wax has. Not only is he friends with us here on the green room, Logan, he's also hobnobbing with some A-list stars, as this <laughs> clip as this clip will illustrate. This is Ryan Felipe on the uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live program. In fact, my friend uh, who's here with me tonight, he's a music manager. He's got this artist, Wax. Uh-huh. Right? I've heard of this guy. He's a rapper, he's right? He's incredible. His mixtape comes out tomorrow. You can download it <laughs> on wax.com. You spell W-A-X-D-O-T. Com. The kids have. Ever <laughs> <laughs> the, the audience is just laughing because the plug's so long. And Ryan Felipe, I, I don't know what it is, but Ryan Felipe is head over heels for wax. And God bless him. He seems like a terrifically nice dude. And it and, was like a plug, you know, right? Because especially you have to, to spell get that it out. Yeah. To get that whole thing out there. Well, Logan, I, I think this is a special treat we've been waiting on. <clears throat> is this uh, Laura? Hi, how are you? This is Laura Hogan here with Jensen. Hey, Laura. Uh, welcome into the green room. I'm the host, Sean Green, of course. I'm here with my sidekick, Logan Lystico. Hey, Laura. Yay, thank you. Oh, well, thank you for uh, thank you for sending out this Jameson. I was I was just getting to the story of uh, how this whole Jameson tasting on air came to be. I don't know if you know the oh, story. Good. I don't know if you know the story, Laura. But, I know uh, the story. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll didn't fill... You, didn't you get a lot of nice out pockets in the, in the morning and that's what happened? That's the story. <laughs> what? I think it is. All right. Um, well, basically, the story of, of how this came to be was that I was at a, a stand-up comedy show, and I'd order a, a Jameson on the rocks. So I'm sitting there with the Jameson on the rocks. I'm having a conversation yeah. with someone. And then, I don't know what happened, but someone stole my Jameson. Someone stole my Jameson on the rocks on a no. Monday night. Yeah. So I'm, I, I get on Twitter and I tweet, oh, my God, this is, a, this is a crime against humanity. What kind of person steals a man's whiskey, especially on a Monday night? It's a exactly. Monday night. If, I, if I'm drinking that on a Monday night, I, it means I like it, and, I, and, and please, don't steal that. So anyway, I tweeted that, and then I guess uh, someone at Jameson saw that, and they're like, hey, what can we do yeah. to make it up for you? So they ended up sending yeah, out... Yeah, exactly. They ended up sending out four bottles of uh, Jameson. So now, I love it. I love it. And well-deserved, I'm sure, because they'll appreciate it, right? Oh, yeah, uh, Definitely. Now Laura, Good. Laura, how'd you how'd you begin working with Jameson? How do you get to be a Jameson brand ambassador? Yeah, so I like I get asked this on a daily basis, but it's actually a pretty tough process. Um, so we have to send in like a video, an application form, um, and then there's two big days where you have to go and like you get interviewed. And I mean, it's, it's a rigorous process, and I think they say that over 500 people apply and there's 10 positions. So it just, I mean, it, it's a tough enough job to get, and I, that's why I'm delighted that I'm like, I'm here. I'm, I'm the one. <laughs> you made it. You made I it. I got it. <laughs> you're the brand ambassador. Now, I'm noticing your accent. Did you grow up in Ireland? Of course, yes, of course. I think that might be a prerequisite, like, <laughs> that you need to be just Irish. Right. But, no, I mean, we, we don't discriminate, of course, but... Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm from Dublin. I was born and raised, um, got hired in Dublin, and then got sent out here for a year. So I'm having the awesome time of my life, so it's great. Oh, wow, that's awesome. So you're just out here for a year helping uh, spread the good word about Jameson. 
of course. That's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Because now, what are some uh, what are some uh, Jameson cocktails that you'd recommend? I know obviously you can just drink it on the rocks or neat, but uh, what kind of interesting St. Patrick's Day cocktails yeah. can you recommend? So yeah, exactly. So what what I had to acclimatize was the the fact that Jameson is drank as a shot here. Whereas in, in Dublin or Europe, it's completely like a cocktail drink. So the typical Irish drink with Jameson is Jameson and ginger ale or Jameson and cranberry juice. Oh, wow. Which people don't understand that word, but cranberry, it's like the, that red juice that you drink. <laughs> yeah, no. We, oh, we, yeah, we use that. We're familiar with exactly. cranberry in America. Yeah, perfect. With a little wedge line and rocks and you're sorted. Nice. Okay, sounds uh, sounds pretty tasty. Now, how are you celebrating yeah. your St. Patrick's Day, Laura? So I am having great fun. So I am down in San Diego, um, so Southern California. I cover like the West Coast in general, but um, we're having great fun here. We're going to some big towns um, on the West Coast, and then we are now going downtown to the Shamrock Festival, where Jameson are uh, a big sponsor, and Jameson is the official drink of St. Patrick's Day. So. You know, it's a, it's a great thing to be involved with that. Well, that's a great sponsorship. Right, exactly. <laughs> be a, it would yeah, be a, be a yeah. real shame if somehow, if somehow Tecate got to be the official sponsor of uh, St. Patrick's Day. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I knew that that would just stop you in, in your tracks. So, right. yeah, we, we are the official drink of St. Okay, Patrick's yeah, Day. Okay, yeah, not those, can you say? not that unofficial. I mean, what more can you yeah. Okay, now we got some, uh, we got the samples here these of these uh, different whiskeys to try. Now, do you have any? Mm-hmm. I I know I I've seen people taste wine before. There seems to be a whole process. There seems to be a lot of terms yeah, they throw yeah. around. How do you go through tasting a, a whiskey? Okay, so I can take you through it. So firstly, it's an Irish whiskey, so it's not going to be like smoky or going to have any peat characteristics like a Scotch would, and it's also not going to have a little burn on your throat like any other bourbon, American style whiskey, or a Scotch whiskey would have. So it's going to be very smooth on the finish. Um, it's triple distilled, and that's the main thing. It makes it very versatile. But so how you would taste it is, I would recommend taking first a sip how it is, like neat, okay, and then adding a little drop of water or maybe one rock, and then it will really completely open up the flavors, let it li- like let it breathe a little bit, um, and then it'll change the profile of the of the whiskey in front of you. So okay, you so, have um, the twelve year old, the gold reserve, and the eighteen year old. Is that yep. right? Yeah. So, uh, lo- okay, perfect. Okay, so yeah, you want to start off with the uh, 12-year-old? Yeah, so, okay, so perfect. So the 12-year-old, pick it up in your hand. Okay, we got and it. Me so and this uh... one is, okay, so just so you know, so this one is double the age of the regular. So in general, like, the aging of the whiskey will make it a little bit smoother on the finish. So it's going to be a very, very smooth finish. Um, and it's also going to be a little bit more spicy on the front. Okay. And a little bit more sherry. So we've got more. So we always use used barrels, seasoned barrels, if you will. And it's got sherry and bourbon, but this one has a little bit more sherry in it. Okay. In the regular. So you're going to get more sherry characteristics and more spice. And All that's right. the main thing with the 12 year old, okay? Okay, let's say uh, we're going to enjoy this 12 year old yeah, aged Jameson right please, now. Yeah, take a sip with me. Take a sip with me. Wow, that is tasty. That, is that goes down smooth. That's real smooth. I've had the twelve year old I've had the twelve year old Jameson before. I went to uh Dublin a year and a half ago for my dad's fiftieth birthday. And that okay. was um some of the Jameson I brought back, the twelve year old. Now explain to me I filled by the way, I filled these sample cups up too much. <laughs> <laughs> Logan's gonna get uh, all like sh- But don't worry, he's not he's not he's not driving. No. We have a uh, uh, we have a drink. Like you need minutes. to drink responsibly no, over here. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Um, we got a <laughs> we got a ride, so uh, we're covered. Okay, now, good, next up, good. we got the uh, Jameson Gold Reserve. Yeah. Okay. So the Gold Reserve then is your next one up, um, and this one is a gold label. So what I always say to people is that basically, like the color of the label is reflective of the taste profile that you're gonna get. So it's got like vanilla, honey. It's creamy on the texture. So to me, it's the smoothest one I've out of every one of them because it's really clean finish. Okay. Um, which is, you know, it's it's cool. So it it appeals to the mass audience. All right. Basically, uh... and so you're we have a virgin oak cask in the maturation of the gold reserve, and that's what makes it very very like a little bit sweeter than the others, but very very smooth. If there, if again, it's triple distilled. So try this out and let me know what you think. Okay. All right, sipping now. 
Do it. Oh man, I like that. Uh, These I, are awesome. <laughs> I like that a little better than the twelve-year-old. I do. I, I would notice. thought so because I mean, like I love the twelve, but I feel like it, it, maybe it takes a little getting used to. Whereas the gold is just like straight off the bat. Like you're, you can't not like it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just so gorgeous. It's so smooth, so creamy. Like, but um, that's why I'm so happy that you guys got to taste them all because when you taste them side by side like this, it's just delicious. And actually, sorry, because you're up in LA, so Tennessee's, which is all over LA, it's in like yeah, Mimosa. Yeah. It's yep. in the Bay, and they do tasters, which do these that I'm talking about, like that I'm describing tonight. They have all these that you pay fifteen dollars, you taste three, and um, so just so you know. Oh wow, it sounds nice. like a uh, great deal. Yeah. All right, now with, last up exactly, we got yeah. this. Last up we got this eighteen-year-old aged Jameson. So I'm exactly. gonna so I'm gonna give this a swirl. Um, is I mean I don't wanna be biased, but I go in between because they're also different. But the eighteen is one of my favorites. And this one is like butterscotch, toffee fudge on your nose. Are you smelling it? Like if, <laughs> yes. you give it a little, if you give it a little smell, because whiskey is like about the nosing, the tasting, like it's on your tongue, like just, you know, it's I have on a your feel, I have a feeling ages. at some point tonight exactly. I might get, so, might get my nose in a cup of whiskey. Because <laughs> this smells that, this smells that good. There, right in there. <laughs> All right, sure. we're going to give the 18-year-old 18 18-year-old a swig. So the 18, yeah, so basically it's like butterscotch, toffee fudges on the front, like on your nose. And then, like, on the finish, what I get is, like, a little bit more earthy. It's got a little bit more layers to it. Um, it's finished off in a barrel, which makes the finish of the actual whiskey very, very pleasant, very, like, lingering, complex. So I get peaches or, like, apricot. Like, it's got a fruity kind of feel to it. Yeah, that was know, delicious. It's a lot more flavor. Yeah, that, and I can, well. definitely, I can definitely taste that butterscotch. I'd never tasted butterscotch in whiskey. This is... This is a St. Patrick's it's Day miracle. Funny, yeah. And obviously it's an Irish whiskey, so it's all natural, like there's no additives. Um, but it's so smooth as well. So I mean the same like I mean, I just would recommend everyone as well to to just appreciate how versatile regular Jameson is and just mix it with the ginger ale and just have fun tonight. Sounds and great. Now do you uh but, Laura, do you know any uh Gaelic? I do. Go okay. to talk to you. All right. Well, no, I don't. I don't know any Gaelic, but I thought maybe, Aww. maybe to uh, to wrap things up, uh, say Happy St. Patrick's Day to uh, all the listeners of the Green Room in Gaelic. Do you think you can pull that off? Of course I can. All right. Do you want me to do it next? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Laura. We appreciate it, and Thank you so we're much, huge sorry, fans of Jameson. Happy and Happy Day to you guys too. Okay. Have a good one. Take care. Thanks, Laura. Awesome. Well, I'm feeling great about this show. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this is awesome. This is great whiskey. Yes. And I did. I got water here, so. All right. Unlo- unlock I'm the flavors, bringing, Logan. I'm unlocking unlock all the, the flavors. flavors. Let loose the flavors. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you how astounded I was when I got the email saying, "Hey, we read your tweet." That someone stole your whiskey. Let us send you four of these really, really nice barrel or bottles of whiskey, and we'll even have someone come on your show and talk about whiskey. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty sweet. It was really, and it's one of those things. This is this is a this is a great lesson to anyone running a business. You know, especially with online media, social networking. You know, it used to be, hey, you screw up a customer, what's he gonna do about it? Yeah, hey, hey, yeah, go go contact the Better Business Bureau. Or if someone gets screwed over, <laughs> what are they going to do about it? You have no outlet. But now, now that there's so many outlets with social media and stuff like that, people, if you have a great experience or if you have a bad experience, people are going to tell everyone. Yeah. And so now, look, look at they, they sent us a few bottles of whiskey. Now we're telling everyone how amazing Jameson is. Yeah. And everyone who heard this podcast is like, wow, Jameson. I mean, <laughs> all, all that I mean, happened. You already was, liked Jameson clearly because you were angry that somebody stole it. But now. <laughs> right. I'm just now so, it's like they're fucking the greatest company ever. I'm just mad that I, or I mean, I guess I'm just lucky that I included Jameson in the tweet. Yeah. You know, if I would have wrote, "Hey, whoever stole my whiskey on the rocks," we would have never been here, Logan. Yeah. And you know what? That's a rule about comedy too. Specific always works. It's yeah. always more funny. All right, where were we uh, before we got in, involved in this uh, Jameson <laughs> taste <lesson>. test? <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's finish up Ryan Felipe. I'll backtrack it a little bit, but this is Ryan Felipe talking about wax, a guy who's hung out and played in our comedy garage and is the uh, the soundtrack to the comedy garage. We actually have a St. Patrick's Day comedy garage. 
if you guys are in the LA area, come on out. We'll be bringing all these bottles of whiskey that we involved in the taste test uh, to hang out at the Comedy Garage for you guys to enjoy responsibly. So uh, let's hear uh, the rest of Ryan Felipe talking about wax on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Dot com, you spelled W-A-X-D-O-T-C-O-M dot com. <laughs> the kids have... <laughs> Funny, so he's not that bright, but he's... Uh... <laughs> The kid is like the kid is like a cross between Eminem, Sublime. He's really he's incredible. But so the kids have met him, and the unfortunate thing is they they really love Wax, but they can't listen to any of Wax's songs. Why can't so. Wax clean doing a little waxing of his lyrics? Well, <laughs> well, that's of course uh, Ryan Felipe was talking about his own kids, who I guess you know he's got the iPod. His anecdote on the on the show was, hey, I got this iPod. I wish they come, would come up with some feature that. You can just hit um, shuffle only songs that aren't parental advisory. Yeah. So that songs that have cursing when you're in the car with the kids. I mean, it makes sense to have something like that. Yeah, Obviously, even you don't Lex, want... I think, has some clean songs. No, he does. I, mean, I don't know, but I'm actually. Just... No, no, he, de- he definitely. <laughs> I have reviewed like, a whole song and thought about it, but he definitely it seems has... like he's it's pretty. He definitely clean has sometimes. some clean songs. But if you're, if you're throwing it on shuffle, you never know what you're going to kind of come across. Yeah. And. <laughs> They're Makes sense. You don't. Yeah. There's obviously there's some vulgarity involved in some of his songs. He's a rap star. Yeah. He's a rap star, Logan. Logan, you know what a long, strange trip it's been. If you would have told me, Sean, you'd be you'd be doing a Jameson tasting on your radio show, talking about how you were in a rap video, I would have said you were crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never. Although it is, I mean, it's cool. I mean, the whole thing was cool. All the notoriety, people have been, you know, very supportive, and it's a super popular video on them. Lucky to be in it. But it is my new move is uh, now to like if any if anyone asks oh hey how do you want to be introduced in stand up is uh, that's your credit no my credit is uh, Sean Green video vixen <laughs> yes because <laughs> that that used to be a thing I don't know in the 90s in hip hop yeah. they would just be these same hot chicks who were in all these same videos and they would refer to themselves as video vixens and somehow it became a thing By so the I, way, I'm trying to win that see, over did you ever see that movie Honey <clears throat> <laughs> no, I missed that. Logan. Jessica Alba. I just <laughs> caught that on cable the other day, and it's basically about a video vixen, and it's hilarious because I don't know. It's like these women are kind of put on a pedestal, but at the same time, they're they don't get paid anything <laughs> right. to be in these videos. Right. All they they're are just kind of hot. So it's people it's have a weird them, like, thing. Skimpy and be in a video. Yeah, I mean, especially now with the the price of music videos or how everyone wants to try to do it yeah. kind of low budget. I mean, in the back, even back in the day, even back then, it wouldn't be basically, more than five hundred dollars. Right, you're a glorified extra. You're, you're, yeah, maybe you get five hundred, maybe a thousand bucks, maybe yeah. two thousand bucks. Right. <laughs> but you know, it, you would have to book yeah. a gig every week. That every, wouldn't be your full time job. Right. You know, most of the day you're working at the Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> and then on the side you're in some <laughs> yeah, booty exactly. clapping music video of Ja Rule. <laughs> so I'm sure there was. I've been play- there. Yeah, <laughs> that's how Logan. That's how. That's, how, that's, how, Logan, that's how Logan started out in show business. And some, uh, he was in the Ja Rule Back That Ass Up video. But there must have been some weird moments where these video vixens were working their day jobs and people noticed them. You know, <laughs> right. either Whether it's like getting your hair cut or you know, like, being at a restaurant or whatever. It's like, hey, wait, weren't you in that ludicrous? Th-? No, that's not me. There's this video vixen in uh, <laughs> a uh, Wu-Tang Clan video. What's that video where they're like in the Flintstones era? They're all dressed gravel like Flintstones. Pit. Gravel Pit. That girl that sings Gravel Pit, I don't know who she is, and she, she's not even mentioned, credited in the song. But <laughs> of woo! course not. Woo! Well, she's a little more than a vixen, I guess, because she sang, but you get the idea. <laughs> she's got some chops. All right, Logan, let's see. Well, no, I mean to get, <laughs> don't mean to get sad here, but of course there has uh, been the tragedy in Japan. I feel remiss if I didn't mention on it. Thoughts and prayers go out to the people of Japan. And, yeah, if there's anything you can do to help them out, go for it. I always, I always find it funny. The Red funny. Cross is doing What's a up? bunch of stuff right now. I'm Red Crosses. Yeah, know, Red Cross. The, yeah, basically. If you're looking for some place to go. Right. No one, no one's coming here to listen to breaking news about the Japan situation. <laughs> like We realize Japan's happened. People are chipping in. It's great. But I do find it fascinating, especially people in the media commenting on it. Of course, Gilbert Gottfried, who... <laughs> right, people in the media, like media mogul Gilbert Gottfried. Right, exactly. Media mogul Gilbert <laughs> Gottfried. He got fired because he was... What? 
he was he was tweeting very insensitive things. But that's Gilbert Godfrey. He's he was the guy known at the uh, I guess the Hugh Hefner roast happened just after 9/11, and he became known as a comedian that that did jokes about 9/11 way right. too soon. Right. He is an inappropriate comedian. Any tragedy he comments on, he he was commenting on this Japan tragedy, and the jokes aren't even good. Like I I think Gilbert's funny as a personality and stuff. His stand-up is just kind of awful. He was great in Aladdin. Right. He's got a he's got an interesting voice. He's funny on radio. He's funny telling stories. His stand-up is right out of the Catskill Mountains. Like it's not it's not interesting (laughs) stuff. He's telling kind of old sock jokes or whatever. But you know he gets on Twitter. And he's got this reputation as kind of a guy who just says the craziest stuff. So he start, Japan happens. Uh, it's not like Gilbert's going to go, oh, my God, I feel so bad for these people. Of course, he's making these jokes. And they're just they, – they don't even make sense. I, don't, I, I can't even read them just because they don't – there's no context to them. They really just are not good jokes. I, just Can from I hear a, part of one? It was something <laughs> about, um, it, you know, like Japan floating away or just like – Oh. Really, just easy jokes about Japan being right. flooded with water, and uh, not a real comment on anything, just a joke. Like, yeah, I get it. Right there. Here's the thing. Here's here's my take on on kind of commenting on tragedy. I think if you're if you're a comedian, you you should have some grace period, or you you should have kind of a blanket of, hey, I'm a comedian. I'm trying to make people laugh. All right, Gilbert Gottfried. No one's going to him for serious views on the world. He should be kind of given a pass for, hey, I'm an outrageous guy who just kind of says crazy stuff, gallows humor, if you will. It's like if someone passes away and you, and you make a joke, you know, you're trying to lighten the mood. Gilbert Godfrey, he's not a he's not a mean person. Right, he's not he's, being he's, malicious. He's, he's, not, he's not a great guy. I do no. have to say, though, these these types of things are dangerous, and there's a reason they're labeled that way. If, you're not, if you don't have the cojones to actually make it really funny... Right. Then you are going to get in trouble. <laughs> well, know? you're you're kind of you playing with get it re- you have to get it right and you have to make it well, pretty and here's undeniably a, funny or here's, here's what happened. Yeah, obviously if like it's Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? Although it's although it's hard to make that funny. You just screaming the N-word at the laugh factory for yeah, two but hours. You know what? Uh Daniel Tosh says racial jokes all the time. I don't think people really think that he's racist, but he definitely right. says racist things all the time. Right. It gets away with it it's, cuz it's funny. Hey, it's a, it, you're you're playing with fire, and mm-hmm. the, and that's exciting, and I I encourage that. I can think people should kind of comment on stuff like that, and and he's a comedian. Here's where he got caught. He got used to he, he made comments about 9/11. If mm-hmm. he was gonna suffer any sort of consequences in Gilbert's mind, it would be jokes about 9/11. Yeah. He got away with making crazy jokes about 9/11. So in his mind, he sees himself as a guy who can comment on any sort of tragedy. With impunity, right. without it suffering any any consequences, and, and then would, I would think that too. Right, 9/11 is. I I've never I gotten offended by Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard his voice, and I said, "Oh, the guy from Police Academy said some crazy stuff." I don't. Right. I don't take it personally. <laughs> I I don't I don't call him a. You Literally, know. right runs for governor of Minnesota. <laughs> right, he's not in any sort of he's not in any sort of power. He was playing a club in Philadelphia the same weekend I was. I don't know how many t- tickets he sold that, that day, <laughs> but I did pretty good. So if there was that, if there was a huge wave of Gilbert Gottfried supporters, and if they were right. hanging on his every word, <laughs> right. then I would be worried. If people were taking him seriously, no, he's a comedian. If he even had a show or movie, <laughs> if he had any sort of popular, viable Anything, yeah. <laughs> thing to promote his message besides Twitter, maybe I'd be worried. So he said some inappropriate things. And what he got caught up in was that Affleck, you know, I guess as it turns out, Affleck, 75% of their business is done in Japan. So they had to cut him as the voice of the duck, which is pretty crazy to lose a job of just going Affleck. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like he's going Affleck, you Japanese people deserve this crazy tsunami, whatever kind of awful joke he's making. Yeah, but that's a PR thing because, I mean, there's always going to be someone out there, especially on the internet, especially in Japan or America, that would would make a video about the Affleck duck. (laughs) Right. Here's, Here's the best part. Or I mean, here's my here's my take on it. I think Affleck made a great move. They made a great move. Now everyone in Japan sees, oh my God, someone that was associated with Affleck made a joke. Affleck fired them. 
If anything, that's right. going to kind of win over a little bit more business. And you think it's going to be hard to replace Gilbert Gottfried's voice? They can find no. a voiceover guy to do that. Laugh-lack. Right. Logan. There you go. Logan, Boom. keep auditioning. Send that in. <laughs> Clip that out. Send it in. I mean, he's, say, he's doing the voice of a duck. Who's going to criticize the voice of a duck and go, oh, that's not how a duck really sounds? <laughs> Is anyone not Wait gonna, a minute. Is anyone not going to buy Aflac insurance because they fired Gilbert Gottfried for saying horrific things about the Jap- the Japan tsunami? No. I bet there's a lot of people that don't even know that he was the voice, even though he probably cost exactly. a lot of money to exactly. get. Exactly. It's stuff. a voiceover gig. Yeah. The, I mean, he's got an interesting <laughs> voice that's recognizable, and he's gotten a ton of work for it. I've been checking and the if, Aflac blog and uh, <laughs> the Aflac fan site. And, uh, and, it, and it, it finally caught up with him. Yeah. But Gilbert Gottfried, I, I think you should just let him keep the job. I understand why Affleck did what they did, but as a fellow comedian, I, I kind of I feel compelled to stick up for him under the guise of nice. This guy, he's not he's not trying to do anything malicious. Now this other gentleman, I think I have more of a bone uh, to pick with this guy. This is Glenn Beck uh, commenting. Glenn Beck didn't lose his job. Listen to this clip <laughs> and think who deserves to lose their job more, Gilbert Gottfried, Affleck spokesman. Or Glenn Beck, guy who promotes his point of view for an hour a day to millions of people each night. We can't see the connections here. Now, look, I'm not saying God is, uh, you know, causing earthquakes. Well, I'm not saying that he... I'm not not saying that either. Here's what I'm saying. Plate tectonics are causing (laughs) earthquakes. God is not involved in all of this. (laughs) Call me old-fashioned, but earthquakes happen. It's not like God is just figuring out these moments where he, he wants to throw out his wrath. Look, if you believe in God or if you don't believe in God, I think it's tough to believe that God operates on this idea of, okay, just randomly punishing certain parts of humanity at certain times. Yeah, if I mean, God there's, was, never a clear, there's never a clear message, but people make a clear message right, out of it. Right, if God was that mad at humanity... California would be swimming in the Pacific Ocean if he was that mad at him breaking the commandments. And the Japanese, what have they done in the past whatever amount of time period that would yeah. anger God so much that they would have, deserve any of this wrath? Especially young people, children. It is a tragedy. Yeah, they call it a tragedy yeah. for a reason. So, all right. <laughs> God, what God does is God's business. I have no idea. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> well, he just—he just very open-minded of you, Glenn Beck. He just—he just. He just <laughs> this guy. I don't God know how, can do whatever he wants in his own house. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> Logan, how does this work? How does a guy go? I'm not saying. <laughs> how does this work where he plays both sides? Hey, I'm not saying God didn't cause the earthquakes. I'm not saying God did cause the earthquakes. I'm not saying either. Honestly, I think when he started that. I think that was a digression when he started that. He was just going to say, like, this isn't a point about God. And then he was like, well, now that I said that, <laughs> I kind of got to backtrack and say maybe it is. But oh, he, well, reali- he realizes it's going to be shocking. And he, he realizes, realizes, he realizes people gonna... are going to be fired up about it. Yeah. And he realizes there are people out there that go, yeah, maybe God is punishing us for being bad or whatever. <laughs> but but you're kind of you're, you're manipulating people. I, I, if we had a gun to Glenn Beck's head right now and said, on your heart of hearts, do you think God actually punished Japan by sending this earthquake? His answer, of course, would be no. And that's what's, that's what's wrong with the media. I, I get it's entertainment. Okay, it's fine. Gilbert Gottfried, that's entertainment. When you're presenting yourself on a news channel and you're presenting these strong opinions, that's certain it's borderline propaganda. And and not in like well, a, not I would in, say it's definitely propaganda. Not not in like oh a state controlled propaganda. It's kind of your own personal propaganda. You know you're kind of selling these people on this idea of hey maybe God did and leading them to believe this. Well, and I think it's I think I mean, it's irresponsible. If you're promoting anything, even a commercial, it, yeah, I mean even a commercial would be. Right, maybe propaganda. maybe propaganda. So I would say that's definitely propaganda. maybe propaganda is a strong word. I'm sorry, guys. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm no, saying you're you, you're over. You're thinking it's overly strong, but I don't think so. I'm saying there's no doubt in my mind that's propaganda. Just like everything Michael Moore does is propaganda. Right. No, I mean that's just what. No, the word yeah, means. it's it's not a left versus right thing. thing. It's, I don't even think it's negative. I mean, he probably believes he 
Yeah, I see what you're saying. He doesn't believe that extreme of what he's saying, of implying. Yeah. But, you know, he is trying to prove a point that he does believe in, so. Right. I mean, I guess for the most part, propaganda has uh, awful connotations. But I, if you believe in a certain point of view politically and you want to sell that to people, it could it could be considered propaganda. All right. Here's, here's more Glenn Beck on God punishing Japan. <laughs> whether you call it Gaia or whether you call it Jesus. There's a message being sent, and that is, hey, you know that stuff we're doing? Not really working out real well. Maybe we should stop doing some of it. <laughs> like what? Logan, remember that guy who uh, has that condescending chuckle all the time? <laughs> Maybe you should just stop what you're doing, okay? <laughs> Something like that? <laughs> wow, that sounded like Stud Manley, actually. Right. Stud Uh-oh. Manley, movie reviewer for the show. <laughs> Here's the thing, and Glenn Beck... Glenn, if if he's if he's really tuned into any of this, then he is the he's the biggest jerk in human history, because if he knows what's got what is pissing off God to the point that he's throwing down 8.9 magnitude earthquakes in Japan, and he's not saying specifically what it is, then yeah. he's the real jerk. <laughs> Seriously, Yahweh, God, Jesus, whatever you call it, Glenn, he gave you a message. He told people, uh, uh, or he told you what you he. What he wants you to uh, convince the people of. And you're not doing anything about it. You're so sitting there never, complicitly. He, he never said anything about what he was talking about? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I heard that clip, and it just didn't have enough context, so I kind of ignored it. But then I saw <laughs> another clip uh, where he was kind of saying um, people are worried in California about um, radiation. And he was like, if you live in California and you're not prepared for an earthquake, a tsunami, or radiation, then maybe you don't deserve to live. <laughs> and he's really said this. This was on Fox News. It was video. Like, I saw right. him say it, and it was just like, what? What are you talking about? And, and Why would I be expected to have to deal with radiation ever? That doesn't make any sense. It's, I don't live next to a... Logan, power Logan, we both know we have a Geiger counter in the garage. We're a very blessed household, all right? Some people don't have it as good as we do. Some people yeah. don't have three radiation suits and 100 days worth of supplies and uh, various Geiger counters, anti-radiation medications. Some people yeah, aren't but those there. people don't deserve to live. Hey, call me old-fashioned, Logan, but that's the way I see it. The only reason I brought up Glenn Beck in this clip, and it, it's easy to get uh, angry at Glenn Beck, and it's, it's kind of fun. But the only reason I brought it up was to compare that Glenn Beck is not losing his job. He's saying these outrageous things. Here's the thing. Gilbert Gottfried, if anything, he should be the one who still has a job. He said it under the guise of, I'm kidding. This is a joke. I'm presenting this clearly as an entertainment piece. Glenn Beck, he's not presenting that as entertainment. He's presenting it as his point of view. He's presenting it on a news channel that calls itself a news channel. A news channel should not have any sort of opinions on whether or not God is smiting people. Yeah. All right. We pretty... should have we should have moved on past that. You should not. I be... can deal with maybe you lean left, maybe you lean right, but leaning like toward uh, <laughs> this is God fire and brimstone. I don't know. Explaining what God <laughs> yeah. does or doesn't want to do and why he's doing it that has no basis in a news channel. I get or it. anywhere. You want to you want to throw on O'Reilly on? He has a strong conservative opinion. He's entertaining. He's he's great on television. That makes he sense. He is to Christian me. and he comes from a Christian point of view, but he doesn't say like yeah, he doesn't make everything right. And obviously, Bill O'Reilly is <laughs> super hypocritical, super hypocritical with his Christian views. I mean, he paid off um, a woman that was working for him regarding sexual harassment, seven figure settlement. That never came to light. Uh, you know, he's. It, I mean, it's. It almost. Just, Bill, it's, we just broke it. Yeah. Well, no, it, it gets. It gets tiring. I mean, these people. They present themselves as controversial figures. They want you to react. I just brought up the Glenn Beck point, in contrast to Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried should be given a pass because he's a comedian. Glenn Beck. It's a different situation. Speaking of situations. Uh oh. The situation was on the. <laughs> I just heard situation, so we had a clip there, and I got to talk about this. The situation was at the Donald Trump roast. Logan, guess how it went? Oh man, I missed it. I actually really wanted to see that. <laughs> well, but uh, yeah, I guess that his roast went bad. 
That'd <laughs> be a fair guess. Ad with that guy, Palin daughter. A guy, a guy with uh, no, who's never told a joke professionally, never done an open mic his entire life. Uh, you know what's actually sad? He has told a joke professionally. <laughs> right. He's actually been paid to be on commercials and tell shitty jokes. And I, guess, and I guess the situation has been on the Tonight Show. I haven't. So maybe I should be Yikes. taking. May, you know what? Take I'm notes. Gonna, here's the thing, Logan. <laughs> Before I was just gonna criticize Mike's uh, the situation's weak roast of Donald Trump, but now you've won me over. He's gone pretty far in show business. I'm gonna try to learn from Mike the situation. See what I can learn on how to roast people. Let's see what he has to share with us. He's gonna start off talking to Jeff Ross. Jeff Ross, what's up, man? What's up, buddy? Jeff, you have a lot in common, buddy. What's that? We're both from Jersey, and tonight's my first night doing comedy. <laughs> it's all pity laughs. Well, it's also your last night, just so you know. <laughs> See, that's a comedian coming back in. Wait, what did he say? He goes, it's also your last night. Oh. <laughs> last night doing comedy, which, which is actually a funny joke. <laughs> enough of that. Enough, enough laughing at me. I'm Eno- uh, enough of funny jokes in the moment. Let me come. <laughs> let me go to my stock prepared material that is really long and lacks any sort of consistent punchline. You're looking at me over there, Anthony Jeselnik. I know you're a little hater. So this is Anthony Jeselnik, which is a, he's a LA comedian, actually a super friendly guy when he was living around here. He's kind of uh, emerging as a um, a bigger star. He was on the on the roast. Very funny guy. So this is the situation trying to roast him. He starts off with the roast going, I know you're a really funny guy. But I know you're a funny dude as well. Because <laughs> the other night I told one of your super funny jokes to a supermodel, and she was laughing while I was banging her brains out with a pile of money on the floor of my mother mansion. Oh, is that? <laughs> Those Logan, get pity, that Logan get did, you, did you drop a pin over there? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got nothing against you, man. I got nothing against you. Great roast material. Yeah. I got nothing against you. <laughs> because she's like the fifth model this week to do that. So, you know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> oh, there's no joke there. There's no Maybe not. All right. <laughs> he's not an insult. He's like, no, nothing against you. I just live in a mansion. This is like, this uh, is something you'll hear at every open mic, every open mic I've ever been to in my entire life when a joke bombs. You know what I'm saying, right? Maybe not. All right. Uh, <laughs> that is. You know what else I hear? These aren't jokes. These. This is just stuff that happened. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. I'm this just trying. Truth. This hey, he's. I'm just trying out new stuff. That's the other fallback when stuff's right. not going well in an open mic. Uh, these, are, these are just new jokes, okay? Uh, I'm so insecure and panicked that you didn't laugh at these jokes. I'm going to say they're new, even though I know multiple of you people have heard these a lot of times. Oh, boo. Now let's get to the real situation, my man Donald Trump. <laughs> as much as I want to make fun of the situation, that was a great idea to name himself the situation. I'll give him that. Yeah. Yeah, baby. I mean, look at him. He's pissing. Not a lot of guys can pull off wearing a hat like that. So he called his hair a hat. Oh, man. People are hating on him because Trump is always firing people, but it's kind of okay because he completely let himself go anyway. Cricket, cricket. <laughs> Yikes. That was almost a funny joke, though. I feel like that could have been worked into something. What, the premise? If he was actually about... working with a writer or something, which he right. wasn't. Right, the, the, the verbing <laughs> was off. The idea that... No, but I mean, let himself go... I don't know. I feel like you could play with that and eventually... There's, there's a good joke there in the idea that he's always firing people, but he's letting himself go. Yeah. <laughs> but you just The delivery was awful. And I'm yeah. sure he was working with writers. <laughs> exactly. Who are just pulling their hair out. Basically, oh, there's, there's, there's a Hollywood writer... Oh, I'm sure. There's a Hollywood writer somewhere that is deleting a credit <laughs> off his resume. Yeah. Wrote for Mike the Situation on the Comedy Central Roast. Now just reads, mm. wrote for Comedy Central Roast Program at some yeah. point in time. Donald... Donald, you got the tan, you got the laundry, down, but you got to hit the gym for a chap. Well, Donald, <laughs> I like how you roll. I've seen pictures of your house. Everything in your house is gold. What the f*** is different in your house? Flavor, flavor, different? 
<laughs> who the fuck what's your house? Uh, who who decorates your house? Flavor Flav's dentist and crickets once again. Oh, I don't know, man. Logan. I think all I learned was uh, you need amazing abs to succeed in show business. So, <laughs> man, what an epic show! <laughs> yeah, covered a lot of ground. Had a great Jameson's taste testing. Want to, of course, thank Laura Hogan from Jameson's and enjoy Jameson's responsibly. Thank you very much, Jameson's, for uh, sending those bottles to us. Logan, you want to wrap things up with the haiku? Let's do it. <laughs> St. Patrick's Day drinks. Jameson and ginger ale. What an epic show. <laughs> wow, Logan, you were, you must have been down to the line there uh, creating the haiku. I like that, though. Finished it out. Great job, Logan. And, of course, <laughs> of course, the Comedy Garage movie. Get it at thecomedygaragemovie.com. <coughs> I'm sorry. Oh my God. Get our number ups, folks, because uh, the more people buy our DVDs and streams, um, the more likely we are to expand, get on Hulu, Netflix, iTunes, who knows? Blockbuster? Right. Well, <laughs> maybe not Blockbuster. The, wor- the world's our oyster. It might even come to Blockbuster. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in, guys. We do it live here every Thursday, 8 o'clock, latalkradio.com. This has been The Green Room. I'm going to wrap, I'm going to close things out with some more of Wax and Dispensary Girl. Music like Sugar Ross. I'm flabbergasted when I enter the spot. Cause I seen my girl before and she was never this hot. And I know I'm gonna spend a lot of time picking weed up today. She got me singing like, Green Room 2000! Think I'm in love again. She gives me my medicine and weed. New summer jam, DJ Green. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe today. Or follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. That's it. <laughs> to my mind every time I see her. I'll be screaming.